Hi. Well, welcome to the Happy Signal with your host, Christy. So hey guys, it's been a really long time. How is everyone doing? Um, work has been crazy for me. Um, I've also needed some some time to refresh, and I've taken the time that I could have used for the podcast for some personal time. And um, I'm so sorry that episodes have not come out, but I really appreciate those that have continued to support the podcast. Um, episodes are going to become a little more sporadic. Um, when I truly feel like we have an episode, I'll, I'll create. And um, if we don't, I won't. Um, but I've had three episodes archived. And um, this one was an incredible interview and chat with a woman named Jamila Ford, who has the Working Singer podcast, um, which is awesome. It's a great podcast. She posts every Monday. And her content is fabulous. And she was very sweet and reached out to me. And you'll hear the whole story Um but anyway, I hope you enjoy this conversation. I hope you guys are doing well. Um, remember, you can contact me on Facebook through the Happy Singer podcast uh, page. Um, yeah, don't be a stranger. And I hope you enjoy this chat that we had. Um, please keep in mind that this is actually back from October or November of 2019. Again, I apologize that, um, yeah, then it's been a minute. But um also, please forgive the microphone quality right now. It is a little poopy. Um, the microphone that I usually use is not... I don't know if I've ever experienced this. It's doing a weird echoey thing. So I'm just using the computer because I'm just so anxious and eager to put out this episode. So um, I am going to give Jamila a nice little bio so you get to hear who she is. And I really hope you check out her podcast. It's really consistent she talks to a lot of voice teachers, a lot of performing artists, and it's an exceptional podcast, and I hope you listen. So more about Jamila. She is a jazz soul singer, songwriter, and she has garnered attention for her sizable singing chops. Her slight frame bellies a bewitchingly powerful yet smooth mezzo-soprano voice that gets your attention and demands a second listen. Majoring in music with an emphasis in vocal performance, Jamila attended University of California, Riverside, graduating with her BA in 2001. Since then, she has performed around the world as a solo artist and as a backing vocalist, lending her talent to the projects of artists such as Seal, Angelo, Fishbone, uh, Melody Garnet, Spiritualized, Coachella Festival, and Bonnie Pointer, the Pointer Sisters. Drawing influences from jazz and R&B to pop, she can give you a history of 50 years of American popular music during one of her sets with her sultry voice providing the linchpin. So Jamila released her debut EP, The Breezy Traces of the Day, in January 2001, the funky 70s-R&B-inspired fabulous EP in 2003, and her first full-length album, The Soulful and Revealing Enough, a nominee for Independent Music Awards Best Soul R&B Album, in October 2010. Her latest EP, the critically acclaimed The Deep End, was released in September 2014, a collection of reinterpreted standards and an original composition. Jamila's smoky, sophisticated, and self-assured vocals breathe new life into all blues, 
Gentle rain, sugar, and wild is the wind. Her original composition, Silenciso, I am so sorry, I'm saying that wrong, um, is a strutting Latin jazz tinged ode to an unspoken connection between lovers, says Jamila. I love music and I love to sing. Music is my genuine path in life. It is the best way for me to give of myself to this world. I sacrifice for it in a way that I do for nothing else. I feel most whole and most connected when I'm on stage singing. The Deep End was included in the first round of ballots for three Grammys for Best Jazz Vocal Album, Best New Artist, and Best Engineered Album, and earned raves from critics who hailed her as an exquisite song stylist validating an impressive artistic repertoire with economy and style. And that's by CJ Bond at jazzmusic.com. That's J-A-Z-M-U-Z-I-C.com. And proclaimed, Ford is ready to take her place among the elite of sophisticated jazz vocalists. And that's Paul Freeman from Pop Culture Classics. She's an active member of West Coast Songwriters, WCS. Jamila was awarded Hollywood Songwriter of the Year for her song, Not Exactly Perfect, in 2007. She went on to, comp- to compete at the Grand Finals alongside this year's other regional winners at the Freight and Salvage in Berkeley, CA. Jamila has played to enthusiastic and supportive audiences at LA's Cafe Cordial, Room 5, First in Hope's Supper Club, Pipes, Pips, I'm so sorry, that's Pips, and is also excited about her recent foray in performing at house concerts, which gives her a chance to connect with her audience on a more intimate level. And she also, of course, has the Working Singer podcast. And um, yeah, it's like I said, it's a great, great podcast. So if you want to check her out further, just go to her website, jamilaford.com, J-A-M-I-L-A Ford.com. And without any further ado, here's my conversation with Jamila. Enjoy. And Jamila, if you're listening, thank you so much for doing this. Um, so yeah, okay. Well, we're sharing a show today. And for those of you who don't know me, I, I ho- I'm Jamila Ford and I host the Working Singer podcast. And I post mm-hmm. every Monday. And um, how did you and I meet, Chrissy? <laughs> you were so sweet. You commented on something that I posted on the don't keep your day job podcast page. Oh, right. Yes. And it was so sweet. You were like, I actually have a podcast called the working singer (laughs) and check me out. I'll check yours out. And you said some sweet things about, I think my, my vulnerability episode. Yeah. And, and I got hooked on your podcast and listened to that Mindy pack interview, which was just really great. She's like, She's one heck of a teacher. I feel like she's like a kindred spirit of mine. She's like saying all the things mm-hmm. I say. And oh, wow. She was just really, really special lady. Yeah. Um, but I love your podcast. I love what you're doing. I love like the people that you interview. It's really applicable and helpful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. But I do want to hear a little bit about your performance life because, you know, I, I it sounds like you're trying to be a teacher as well. Yeah on the podcast so I mean of course I want to hear about that but I want to hear how you came to be a performer and what you do well let's see um you know I've been singing since I was a kid and uh sang in choirs in school and um just sort of fell into you know singing I, I at one point I 
you know, I re remembered recently that, um, what was it? When I started taking it seriously, uh, was when a principal of mine who I was doing my, uh, what is it? Oh my gosh. I was doing my high school schedule with him. And mm. <laughs> for my elective, I was going to choose typing cause I was terrible at typing. So I wanted oh to like God. work at work at that. And he was like, typing, no, you're going to be in the choir. <laughs> I don't even know if he knew that I sang or anything um, or sang solo. Because by, by high school, I wasn't, like, doing that much. Uh, I was do I did a lot in, like, elementary and junior high. And by high school, I wasn't really doing much. And then so he encouraged me to do that. And, you know, I appreciated that he Thank did. Yeah. Him. And, um, you know, I just after that started taking it seriously, I started taking lessons and um, just looking for any opportunity that I could perform and, uh, you know, majored in music in, in college. I went to UC Riverside out here in California and was classically trained and was also part of the jazz program. And, um, oh, cool. yeah, I was recording um, in school. I recorded a, an EP. Um, you know, that's mm -hmm. where I also started, started to write. And... Um, I was just doing a ton of writing and performing. I graduated and I was do pretty much doing the same thing. And I would have day jobs here and there, but I was really busy, you know, with music and um, just doing any kind of singing I could, backup singing and um, any, you know, uh, group I could join. I was in a duo for a while. Um where I played guitar <laughs> a little bit. I haven't touched my guitar in years, but <laughs> I was playing. And, and um, yeah, you know, I've, I've toured as a background singer and, you know, I would love to do more touring because that was a lot of fun. And yeah. uh, let's see at this point. And, you know, I mean, I, I ended up starting the, it hasn't always been perfect or anything. I mean, I ended up starting the, the podcast because I was wanting to, you know, kind of expand uh, my career, but I was feeling kind of stagnant and I wasn't really sure how to get information and like talk to people about what they're doing. And, uh, and so I thought, well, what if, what if I, you know, just did a talk show or something, but, but when I'd had that thought, I didn't know much about podcasts and doing podcasting, like yeah. wasn't that popular. And I kind of looked into doing a podcast, but it was harder than it is now like now it's like really easy at least to start when I mean it is a lot of work to put it together and, and keep it together and all of that but um you know I mean this has been so it's been really you know expansive for me to start the podcast and have these conversations and kind of you know create this resource um uh, you know I uh, uh, for everybody, for myself as, as much as anybody else. But, you know, I, it's something when I'm just someone who gets information and I love to share it, you know, and, um, it's been a really great way to build community too, because, you know, we've got a really active, um, group here in LA and, and we've been meeting almost every month, um, you know, to sing together and, and network and done a couple of workshop, um, workshops and um you know i'm just looking to ex to expand it but it's it's um 
it's been a lot of fun. And then as far as teaching, I'm just literally like just starting <laughs> with that. Yeah. So, you know, um, anything you have to say, like any advice you have to give as a teacher, I know that you're, you know, you've been doing it a while and, and you're, you know, you're yeah. pretty deep in it and, and you're educated in that way. So, you know, I'd certainly love to get your thoughts on, on um, how you came into teaching and, and how you've expanded as a teacher and, and kind of, you know, fed yourself in that way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, the, the great thing about your podcast is that people are going to want to work with you, which is so great, mm. you know, so people already be listening to you. They'll know you care, which I think mm. is probably the most important thing as a teacher. It's like those students have to know you care, mm. you know, and you clearly, clearly do. So oh. I love that. But but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you about my teaching and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, really, I mean, I, I sort of fell into it. I've always loved mm-hmm. teaching. I, I always remember in the end of high school, my senior year, this was back in 2008, uh, I did a project um, and every senior had to do this project where they did something that they think they would do in the career field that they're going to go mm-hmm. into. And I was like, well, why don't I teach somebody? Because I've been taking voice lessons since I was five years old. And I like always put my teachers up on this pedestal. I thought that they were like the coolest ladies in the world. And they were like second mothers to me, you know, and I really didn't realize how much I admired them until just recently. I was like, wow, my whole life I've been trying to be just like them. (laughs) But, but, you know, I did this senior project with one of my best friends, Tara, and she really wanted to know how to sing and and she kind of got bullied a lot for her singing and she said would you help me and I said of course I will she was my first student and we worked on you know what I knew how to do mm. right you know teach the songs I was taught and exercises I thought I knew you know we did like major scales and things like mm. that but the main thing I got away from it was that she felt better about her life she felt better about who she was mm. and People actually started complimenting her on her voice as opposed to making fun of her. Mm. And, you know, I was like, wow, this is like really, really fun. And it helps both of us. I feel good. She feels good. Mm. It's just like a win-win. And um, after that, you know, I I went to school for music theater at this uh, liberal arts school, Seton Hill University. And uh, during that time, there was jobs for voice teaching, like at the community arts center. And I was teaching little kids and middle schoolers how to sing. And of course, still copying my teachers, you know, taking what they Mm. said and like occasionally from some books, but I still didn't really know what I was doing. I was just doing my best. Mm. (laughs) And then, you know, I, I guess throughout the whole performance stuff that I was doing, I was always finding ways to teach, which I didn't notice until after I was done working at this regional theater, it was called Barter Mm -hmm. Theater. And um, I eventually stopped getting cast. And I was like, what am I gonna do now? I guess I could audition at some other places. I could do, hmm, I could teach. (laughs) I was like, what if I taught? And I taught for a year in my apartment and figured out you know, things are working, but they're not going as quickly. I'm not finding the results that I want. And I felt like, (laughs) felt like I was like stealing people's money because I wasn't getting them the results instantly. 
And and I now learn that, you know, you can't work miracles. You can't, you know, it's not magic. You know, they have to want to work with it too. But um, I figured out way, way easier ways to get, to get there for them, as opposed to me kind of exploring in the lesson. If I hear something, if I see something, I'm like, okay, hey, your tongue is being pulled back. Let's put it forward mm-hmm. a little bit. Or, hey, you're breathing clavicularly. Let's get that down into your abdominal area. Or it looks like there's something wrong with your elbow. Perhaps that's affecting your voice. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it's more like uh, I feel like I'm more of service now, thank, mm. thank goodness. And, and I actually – it was funny, Mindy Pack, she was mentioning, is that her name, mm-hmm. Mindy Pack? Okay, good. Okay, yes. I'm glad I'm not saying her name well. Um, G mentioned the CCM Institute, and I actually did that twice, and I'm going to go back this summer mm. again for the third time. I'm obsessed. And um, that's actually where I got my master's degree was at Shenandoah University, mm. and they're attached to that CCM Institute, which is just so beneficial for any teacher that wants to get better at teaching contemporary music or just wants to get, you know, more connections in the the voice world or just wants to make some friends. It's such a good time. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's where I really, really gained a, a lot from there. And I figured out all the, the crazy stuff down to like exactly what's going on laryngeally, vocal fold wise and, you know, we were in a cadaver lab. It was crazy. Mm. We were like, <laughs> like that, that was probably the most like eye opening thing for me where I was like, wow, I'm like really in deep on this. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm in deep. I'm holding a human wow. larynx. I was like, this is, this is intense, but, um, I wouldn't change that for mm. the world. But, you know, I, I sometimes think maybe I should be performing more, but I get back to it and I think, the reason I'm saying that is because I want to help my students. Mm. I'm just, I've figured out that my love truly is the teaching. Mm. And if I get to perform, I, I always find that it's like, wow, I missed that. That felt so good, Mm. but nothing feels better than teaching now. Mm. And I never thought that would be possible, but it is. Mm. And and I love it. But if you have any questions on anything, I'm I'm happy to to answer. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, going from, because, you know, my experience with the little bit of teaching I have attempted has been like, you know, it's been like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, um, I bet you're doing great, though. (laughs) Uh, Seriously, you probably are. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I think the thing, because I feel like for myself, I've always felt strong technically. I could always kind of pull myself together. Um, I felt like I needed to know more about anatomy and um, not be so, uh, just know more about what, you know, what technically actually could happen. Like what is going on in your body when certain things, certain sounds are being made and, you know, um, warning signs and all that kind of thing. And so, you know, since I felt like that, I had backed off. I like didn't do, you know, I, I didn't do any more teaching and I was kind of having a hard time, like, um, uh, finding my way in that, uh, in that arena, shall we say. And so I just, it freaked me out and I backed off and I just kind of focused on performing. Mm. And then, you know, over, over the years, I thought, you know, I, I would actually like to help people, with that. And I think not only that, it would just make me, you know, stronger 
um, oh, heck yeah. yeah, you know, what I'm doing and these conversations that I'm having with voice coaches, I, you know, I would love to, um, be able to contribute in those conversations even more. And, um, right. you know, so, so I started taking the, um, BAST training, uh, with Lisa Hopert. It's based in, um, yeah, how is it's it? really great. She's a really great teacher. She's fantastic. It's awesome. I, I love her. And, you know, it's like, she's really demystifying a lot of things. And I know it's, you know, it's just, I think it's just kind of a, like anything else you learn, it's sort of a lifetime endeavor. But, um, I think that, um, that at the very least, the physicality of it is becoming less of a mystery <laughs> to me. There's a lot to know, but oh my gosh. so, you know, what I want to know from you is like, what did you like teaching before, you know, you've done all the studying and now, and teaching now, like, what is the difference for you? Like, you know, what are you noticing with your students and, and just your own capabilities, yeah. I guess? Yeah. You know, I, I'll, I'll go backwards forwards sure. a little bit because I, it's I, every day I have this new discovery and I think it's like, wow, I think I know everything. No, I don't. Uh. I know nothing, <laughs> but it's, it's just, it's crazy because when I was a singer, I knew where I felt my voice. I knew where it was my quotation fingers are up. My voice was placed. Mm. I knew where I was, you know, where I was breathing from. I knew what worked for yes. me. I knew that I was more imagery than anatomical. You know, I wasn't thinking function. I was just performing, you know, cause I'm an, you know, first an actor and everything is based off of the action of what mm. I'm doing. If I'm singing a song about, you know, love like there's a song I'm working on just for fun right now by myself it's called grow grow as we go it's by Ben mm. Platt and it's really beautiful and it's a challenge because the the range is funky it's for a masculine voice mm. so it's a little tricky to kind of finagle it so I'm like this is a good challenge but when I sing I'm literally only thinking about who I'm singing to what do I want to get out of them at the end of mm. the song do I want them to stay with me do I want them to leave me do I want them to accept something and that's really where I am at as a performer mm. but if I want to help a singer I have to look at them in the moment and and know what they need and that may not work for them what works for me that will not work yeah. for them and then there's a couple times where you have like this kindred student with you where they're literally just like almost on the same playing field as you and you can really have this nice dialogue and kind of different language with them that they get you you get them but sometimes you have to pull things out that you're like, I've never said this to a student before, but let's see if it mm. works or let's see if this exercise will work with them because you've tried everything out and it doesn't work until boom, that one thing. Mm. So I just, I think the main thing, the scary and the fun thing is that every lesson is different. There's no one exercise that will get them there. Like uh, for example, like uh, if I'm working on chest voice with somebody and, you know, you know that usually like ga is a good exercise generically because G's are a really strong consonant. It'll get the voice strong. Ah, uh, And if you tell them, think of it like a shout, you'll get that thyroid arytenoid coming out a little bit more. It'll be pretty strong. But sometimes they're still singing it breathy. Ga, ga. Mm. And so you have to do gig instead and do staccato sounds instead of legato mm. and then 
that doesn't work. Okay, let's just do glottals. Uh, 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 uh. Mm. And sometimes when they go to sing, it becomes breathy again. And then you have to try, yeah. you know, you go through the whole thing. And then sometimes if someone has a really strong chest voice, the worst thing you could do for them is give them a glottal, like, because right. uh, 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 they're always doing that. Mm-hmm. So that kind of thing, it's like this fine tuning. It almost sometimes feels like I'm like fixing like a, a watch on someone's wrist. You know, it's like such a fine tuning and it feels mm. sometimes very um, clinical at times, but I try to keep it as artistic as possible. Mm. But at the end, it's like I have to, you know, help them as much as possible. So that's the hardest part sometimes the most unartistic thing at times but I always always go to a song at the end of the lesson and and I know that that's actually something that a lot of teachers disagree with like especially if they're in beginner students but if you think about it they've never been to a voice lesson before what do they expect they want to sing yeah. a song right so you ha- you have to in my brain it, it makes sense even if it's like I don't know, let it be or happy birthday, something small. It has to be a song at the Mm. end because if they just do exercises, that just feels so disconnected from what they want to do. So you've got to have them sing a song, but I know that that's actually kind of controversial in a lot of the the ways. Yeah. They they just don't, they're like, they have to know how to be technical, technically correct all the right techniques before you can sing yeah. a song. Yeah. And I just, I, and I get yeah. that and I respect that opinion. I just, it's a voice lesson. Right. And if they don't know anything about it, if they've never, like literally never taken a voice lesson before to do just exercises, they may never come right. back. You may not, you may not be able to help them or they may quit singing. Cause they're like, this is a voice lesson. This is boring. I don't want to yeah. do it. <laughs> you know, and your goal is to keep them continuing to do music and, yeah. uh, you know, kind of get this nice growth going for them. Even if they do never come back to you, you know, which mm-hmm. happens voice lessons are expensive. Sometimes people expect to have things fixed in that one lesson, which is not possible, yeah. but, um, but you know, it's, it's just an ongoing, it's an ongoing yeah. thing, but, but yeah, I'm going on a tangent, no, but no, yeah. it's great. Did I answer that? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's, it's good to know. I mean, I, I, I have had to like confront some things with myself and I think, you know, doing the podcast and like coming to teaching and, you know, other things that have come up in, in my life, I, I do freak out when I realize I don't know everything. <laughs> like, you know, and I had oh, to say yeah. to myself the other day, I was just like, you, you know, I mean, it's just, that's, that's an insane thing to ask of yourself. I'm not sure like where that requirement, oh, I got some ideas, but um, where that requirement of me actually came <laughs> from. Um, but it's so unreasonable mm. and nobody gets that, you know, nobody is, wakes up. I haven't met a single person I've interviewed. I haven't had a single voice coach say, oh yeah, I automatically knew everything. And, you know, it was amazing. (laughs) Everybody had to study and, you know, it didn't just come out of receiving voice lessons themselves. There is like more, you know, there are more miles to go before they could like be a really effective teacher. So, you know, I think just taking that, um, having that lesson for myself and, um, really understanding, okay, so it's okay that the teacher is going to go in and still need to learn some stuff. 
but at yeah, least I still know it, I can value what I know already, which is a lot, you know, it is a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, you know, so to hear you sort of like talk about, you know, your evolution is very helpful to me. You know, that's helpful that's to me to hear. And I mean, in this, the crazy part is like the research never stops, mm. you know, like there's some research that's being done right now. It's like where vocal exercises might not be as effective as we think, mm. or, you know, the water you drink actually might be making you worse if you have acid reflux, you know, no. like, it's crazy. Like things just never stop. And like, you know, there's fads that go on. And then if people stop their research and they stop their learning, you're going to teach things that might not be helpful or true, you mm. know? So it's like the struggle of keeping up to date with what's going on in the voice world and like reading journal of voice journal of singing and you know going to institutes even though you've been to them already and like it's it, it, I don't know it's like a crazy commitment yeah. and I just try to stay open-minded to what people say mm. and try not to judge what they do because you know there's some teachers that they teach one way and that's it and mm. I try to listen in on that and learn from that and understand why they might believe that mm. and, you know there's some students out there that they love certain teachers that I know are saying incorrect things online. Mm. Um, however, those singers sound great. Right. <laughs> so, so it's like, if it works for them, awesome. But I just know in the back of my brain, if they do ask me a question, I have to tell them that's actually not correct. Right. Um, and, but you sound amazing. Or like someone will sound so good and they're like, oh, yeah, it feels like I'm using all my head voice. I'm like, wow, you're using like 70, 30% chest to dominant mix. And they're like, what? I was like, but it sounds great. You just aren't as aware of it as you think, right. you know? Mm. So I don't know. It's, it's so interesting. But I mean, the thing that's really awesome about you as a teacher is you're really performing. How often are you performing? Um, let me see. Uh, generally, like spring, summer is very busy for me. So that that was really busy. It was a few days a week. Um, That's great. Now it's, uh, and since I'm not doing my own stuff, which maybe I need to get back into, um, yes. you know, maybe like once or twice a week. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, that's, a, that's another thing. That's, I guess that's another conversation, but I, I will say I, I, pro I do want to, you know, get back into performing regularly and all of that, yeah. which I think is like, you know, I think it's such a great foundation that you have as an actor. You know, um, I've found over the years that the storytelling is, it's like, surprise, surprise. I mean, you're saying words and you're communicating a story. Yeah. But I think so many of yeah. us, like singers, think technically, you know, and we're thinking about how we sound and not exactly, oh, yeah. you know how we do you have like thoughts on that like do you come across oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think about oh that my gosh. I mean I think it's important to do both yeah. right I mean to work on the technique super like very very technical doing an exercise where you're really thinking about your vocal folds thickening and you're really thinking about them lengthening and you know you're focusing on your breath you're focusing on your resonance placing but at the end of the lesson or at in another practice session, you should only be thinking about the artistry of it. 
you know, and, and there are ways, depending on who you're working with, let's say, you know, we're working with a Broadway actor, because that happens a lot in our studio. And, you know, a lot of those people don't want to hear anything anatomical. They, it, they almost are like, they shut mm. down on you. So I have to change my vocabulary for them. Mm. So, and I kind of love that too, because they're just so artistic and they just really want to communicate stories, which is like you said, it's like the, the most important thing. And um, instead of saying, okay, can you increase, increase the chest dominant mix or hey can you place your resonance more in your nose I'll just say hey can you just try and talk to them just a little bit sweeter and remember what you're trying to get is for them to decide to come near you or decide to go with you someplace you know Mm. instead of saying okay let's increase the nasality and I will try certain things like if I really want them to like get that nasal resonance I'll say okay we do need to lift the tongue a little bit you know Mm. if that doesn't work but you know, things like that. But some people, if they're like a software engineer, they're not going to want to hear anything about emotion or, you know, storytelling. They just want to hear, uh, you know, the technical anatomical things, mm. right? Raise your larynx a little bit more as opposed to character voices. They usually run for the hills. <laughs> if you say, can you do this voice? They're like, no. <laughs> sometimes they're cool, but sometimes, yeah. you know. It's, it's interesting. And the crazy thing is our studio, which it's really, it's been probably the most, the biggest gift I've ever received as a teacher is working here because literally you never know who's coming into the studio. Mm. I have my reoccurring students, but any intro student, anybody can sign up for a lesson. Mm. There. There's no requirements. You don't have to have sung in front of anybody ever. You don't have to be able to know how to hit notes. Mm. You may have, you may know nothing, and the age is endless. You know, I'll work with a five-year-old and an eighty-year-old mm. sometimes in one day, and um, that to go from so many different levels is crazy. And I, you know, I wrote my thesis on um, adolescent voices, learning how to how to belt. You know, that's that's what I thought I was going to teach, and the the world is so much different now. So mm. I don't know. I guess it's like whatever works for that person, mm. just kind of go and lean into their language and their vocabulary. But I don't know for you, is it more like imagery for you when you're singing or do you think anatomically? Uh, I would say I think more anatomically. Yeah. Oh, great. And you're still able to like convey stuff as well as doing that. You've yeah. I, I think I've, I've gotten, you know, um, better at that. I, I did start working um, with a coach who, you know, we've, solely focused on like performance together and uh yeah so that was that was really helpful just to okay it's like you know I already know I can sing it's been a while so (laughs) let's get into like you know the storytelling of it so yeah I would say um and that really helps me you know just be able to um I mean thinking anatomically I should say does really help you know at the at the end of the day so what do you feel has been like the most, um, well, actually, how long have you been teaching? If I'm counting, okay, professionally, let's count when I've been teaching professionally. Um, nine years professionally. Mm, nice. Like, like, like a, I'd say heavily in my full-time job 
it's been two and a half years of just teaching about five, six days a week. So, yeah, but in and out of stuff. But before, you know, I was, like I said, I was working at that regional Mm -hmm. theater and I was just doing musical theater. It was a rep theater and we would do like anywhere from like Shakespeare to, you know, Wizard of Oz and Kiss Me Kate, you know, and there was dancing. I used to dance. It feels like it's been ages ago, but, you know, it used to be all that. Mm. But, yeah, not nine years. Wow. What do you think was, like, the most um, important uh, aspect of your education, if that makes sense? Mm-hmm. The most important, like, in any of my education or in my teaching education? Um, I guess in any of your education. That you're, that you're using mm. now, I guess in your teaching education, that's what I mean. Okay, yeah, service. Service is the mm. biggest thing for me. Um, I think, I, well, I learned that, I think that this has been instilled in me my whole life because I've just been so blessed. I have so many helpful, sweet, loving people in my life, and I'm so grateful for it. my mother, my dad, my my grandparents, my, my teachers, my friends. I've been so lucky. Um, and I feel like just good people, they kind of just emanate service and they want to help people. Mm. And, um, but when it really became clear, like, this is how it gets done. This is how art can actually do things mm. um, was when I was at Barter Theater and they said that, you know, it's all about service. What you're doing is actually helping these kids to, you know, when you do the play Miss Nelson is Missing, you're actually you know, showing these kids that they could do this too if they wanted to. You're an ordinary person and you're being brave. You're getting up in front of an Mm. audience, you know, and when you go to teach them, you're saying like, you can get up and be heard. You're allowed to be Mm. heard and everybody deserves that. And it feels like such a gift to be able to, to show people that like, it's okay to be loud. It's okay to, to sing a song of your choice. It's okay to be seen. And I, I think that, yeah, it's really rewarding, but service, that's the biggest one for me. Mm, I love that. What about you? The most important <laughs> the most important part of my education or let me see. Um gosh. It's a I'm, good question. <laughs> I know. I never answer my own questions. Let's see. <laughs> um, my most important part of my education, you'll certainly, you know, I just my, my, thirst, my first thought is just in the doing, like taking stuff and then just applying it, just trying mm-hmm. stuff and allowing myself to be creative. Um, yeah. But I feel like that the creative part of my education has just come in working, you know, like um, trying stuff on stage or privately trying things, Um, you know, remembering this this thing I learned all these years ago that somehow made its way into my DNA and then like making uh, making it into something else like all of it has been um, I feel like everything's been useful. And uh, but you know, it, the learning has really just been in like the doing, you know, all these years of just, um, um, applying all of it, I think, you know, and yeah. had so many great teachers and, you know, I've got great teachers with me on stage. I did a, um, first of all, you know, like I, I sing with some really great singers and, um, you know, when we're doing backup or we've got like one of these gigs where we have to back each other up and also sing lead and, you know, um, uh, I 
often in awe of the women and men that I share a stage with. And I'm like a constant student. I'm, you know, I'm just kind of watching them. I mean, some of them have worked with really amazing artists and you can see why. And um, so I'm just kind of constantly absorbing, you know, it's sort of like the world is my classroom. The stage is the classroom. And, um, you know, uh, like I've I've got this wonderful friend who I also interviewed for my podcast, Carol Hatchett, who worked with, uh, she's worked with Bette Midler. She was a harlot for her for many years. And um, she's worked with Tina Turner and um, Tony Basil, um, who did the Hey Mickey, you know, actually Tony took Carol under her wing and and just kind of like, you know, um, really took her through the industry and um, all that, but I mean, to work with, and she's like so humble and we're on the stage together at least a couple times a month and she's just freaking amazing. And she's got long well, legs for days and, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, it's just, so I think it's, you take all of this stuff, but it's just like, um, we learn all of these things, but I think, uh, it's really just in applying it, isn't it? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm learning all this stuff about anatomy. I'm trying to like squeeze it into my head and, and try to remember all of the parts, but I'm just thinking, you know, I'm really just going to be learning when I'm teaching (laughs) basically, I think. And what's your favorite type of music to sing now? Mm. Well, I mean, I love, um, I love singing jazz. I love, um, I love R&B. I mean, jazz, pop, and R&B are the, are the, the styles that I do the most. I do mm-hmm. love jazz because I love being able to, you know, solo and, and improvise yeah. and, you know, get into those sort of complicated chords and, and you know, uh, watch all of the guys or girls on stage with me yeah. kind of improvising on their instruments and... You know, so I, I do love to like dig into a jazz song. And, and um, as I say that, I think I need to do that more. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. I mean, um, it's just so beautiful. I love jazz and I think it's mm-hmm. so playful. Even if it's like technically like a sad song, it's still, you know, you're playing yeah. around with sounds and that's just like so cool. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite artist in the jazz genre? A favorite artist? I love Gregory Porter. Um, mm. I, I love Diana Krall. I love her. Um, I mean, if we're talking about contemporary artists and of course, you know, there's, um, Nina Simone, who's incredible yes. and, um, Ella Fitzgerald and, and Sarah Vaughn actually was always, I've always been partial to Sarah. <laughs> and her voice is just effortless. Yeah. Beautiful. Just beautiful. gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Yeah. So, you know, those yeah. are those are some of my favorites. What about you? What, what's, uh, who've been some of your favorite singers? Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's see. My favorite, some of my favorite singers are oddly enough. They seem to find themselves in California. Those ladies, <laughs> um, mm. Carol King and mm. Joni Mitchell. Those are, I think two of my role models. And I mm. think Carol King specifically because she was just, well, she is such this giving person and she really did music because she loved it, not because she wanted fame. She just wanted to write music. It really brought her joy, and she really just mm. uh, liked writing music. And her music isn't really 
difficult or complex. Like there's a lot of the same songs kind of different mm-hmm. lyrics, but I'm never mad at it. I just, I just yeah. love her. <laughs> I just love her. And she yeah. kind of, um, she lives on farms and she just like yeah. acts like a normal person and has like political thoughts. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but contemporary people, let's see. I love, I love the raconteurs. I love Jack mm. White mm-hmm. and I love, let's see. I'm trying to think of who else. Well, going back to the older stuff, I guess I Linda Ronstadt, oh, strong, yeah. clean voice. Did you get to see that documentary? Oh my gosh, no, I haven't watched it yet. I know, me either. That's what I need to watch. We keep watching all these, like, completely... I'm not going to say completely awful movies, because they're great, but they're just so dark. Anyway, tangent, but I'm just like, I need to see something inspiring. But I'm sorry, go No, but I (laughs) need to... No, I'm the same. I was just watching the Great British Baking Show. I don't need to be watching that. I'm not going to be baking anytime soon. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, same. But I'm trying to think, I guess I was going to ask you a question about jazz. Mm. Do you, how do you teach scatting? Have you ever tried doing that before, teaching it? No, I've not (laughs) tried teaching it. I did take, um, I took a lesson. That's like one of those things that, um, you know, I, I was, it did cross my mind. You know, I'd like to like go to some workshops because for me, it's just pretty much been listening and, uh, or going to a live show and observing somebody. Um, I took like one scatting lesson, which was really fun and helpful. And uh, I would certainly go again, but um, I, yeah, I don't, um, I just interviewed somebody who talked about, oh my gosh, what is her name? Wow, that's terrible. But (laughs) I interviewed somebody, (laughs) I've been interviewing so many people. Um, you have you, you've got yeah. so many episodes out there I was like I don't even know where to begin I just like picked like one of the first ones I saw and was like wow okay this is, stuff is good oh, oh, cool. but yeah you're you're kicking it with those interviews thank you you're about um, to hear my dog howl maybe not okay. <laughs> he, he always howls to the sirens I <laughs> couldn't even I've got my headphones in I couldn't even tell if that was your place or my place because there's always a siren going up or down my street same it's bad it's yeah. bad um right but, what were we saying uh scatting scatting yeah um no i i i i wouldn't know um well i would say the first uh thing that you do want to know is you want to know the melody of the song inside and out and that'll help you know the chord changes of the song and where you are in the song um so, you know, I think that might go for any improvising, but that's probably one of the, those are more, some of the more complicated, you know, chords you could, um, yeah, you know, try to improvise over. But that is some of the advice that I have gotten. You need to know that song inside and out. And, and that was something I kind of intuited over the years, like, you know, trying to, to scat over a song you really don't know is, uh, could be, uh, bad, you know, depending on how experienced you yeah. are, how public you want to be with that. But um, certainly knowing the song, the melody inside and out, and then um, that's where I would begin. But I, I, I wouldn't, uh, I could probably eventually figure out how to teach that. I just, you know, like I've said, um, teaching was something I'd sort of shied away from. But but the other thing, you know, I, I'm just trying to like um, rewind in my mind the, the lesson that I'd taken um 
the the person really communicated with me that it's very much like a conversation and um you know find different things within you know so for four bars you're going to say this and then for the next four bars you're going to say you know maybe you'll uh say some get a little more animated with this you know so you start mm-hmm. off you know and then like the next the next four bars you get even more animated and then you start bringing it you know back back around you know um and that way just maybe the way you would a conversation maybe the way you would like describing something to your friend or something you know she kind of like talked about it in that way and I still kind of like you know I took I've taken that with me and I I do think of it um when I you know when I am scatting um I sort of think of it in that way and it has made it like a little more interesting for me so I'm not like you know using the same syllables or vowels or or consonants or whatever i'm just kind of like trying to switch it up anyway yeah so (laughs) for what that's worth (laughs) no i mean it's it's good just to hear kind of because i'm sure you can do it really well it's Mm. just like trying to like do it the opposite way is like a completely different ballpark like for example there's like a ton of performance artists that know how to do something they just have no idea how to explain it that's the thing yeah. yeah, like Janis Joplin had probably had no idea what she was doing, but she continuously was able to use distortion. So mm. it makes me think that she wasn't doing it as unhealthily as people think. Mm. Is my it, That's my guess, because she was able to do it. Now, of course, we lost her at 27, but I feel like if she was singing that improperly the whole time, she would have lost her voice within months, mm. you know? So it's like, but there's no way she could have articulated it. This is no way. She was too rock and roll, you know? Yeah. So, but there's something beautiful about that too, but I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think I know how to teach scatting, but I am not very good at it. So it's like, it's different, Mm. you know? And so that's on the to-do list now. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Do it better. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, and I think all teachers should hold themselves to that is like, you need to be able to create the sounds Yes. If you can't make that sound, you should not be teaching it. That's, mm. I mean, it's so detrimental to students because there's teachers that they think they're doing a chess dominant mix and they're not, like, especially if they're classically trained. And this is no offense to anybody that's classically trained, but mm. there's something that I learned from the CCM Institute was we would go into these group sessions after we would learn something and they'd be like, okay, well, let's create these sounds and each voice teacher would go up and do the sounds in a scale. And they're like, no, that's really chesty. And the person that was in control of the room was like, that's not, you're using a head mix. And they're like, no, I'm not. Like they would get defensive. Mm. And in my ear, because I luckily have been in the contemporary world pretty much my whole life. I, it's almost comical. It's, you know, like they're just using more volume to create what they think is a chest voice. Mm. And like, if you go into the room and say, yeah, 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 you're belting because they think that's what that sounds like and what that feels like, that's, mm. you're, you're going to set people up for disasters, you know? So you got to know how to do it. So mm. but that's another thing. Like people, it's almost like they won't even say it. And this is something I've gathered from watching teachers is that mm-hmm. they almost poo poo belting. Sometimes they almost poo poo certain like rock sounds or pop mm. sounds, breathy sounds in particular, people really in lessons kind of hone in on that's bad. That's bad. 
Mm. It's not bad. You just can't, you, that can't be your default. You have to be able to turn that on and off. Right. Because you want to be a, in control of your voice, not this is all my voice can do. I'm, right. I'm being run by it. But right. if you, you're neurologically able to say, okay, we're going to increase my compression here. That, that's what you can do. But if you decide by choice to sing breathy, that's okay. That's good singing too, you know, but some people are really rude about it and it almost makes me mad. <laughs> mm. I don't know why. Have you gathered that, that people don't like breathy sounds? Um, I, yeah, I, I'm kind of like, you know, the, well, you know, Lisa, that's Hopert. Um, yeah, yeah. I was kind of getting from her that basically what you're saying, you know, that it's something that people, um, you know, don't necessarily always want to encourage, uh, obviously, right. you know, but, um, you know, I, I, to my mind, it can be a color to the palette, you know, color to on the palette. And, um, let's, and also like you're saying, you just want to be in control of what's happening. I mean, that's basically, I think what it would come down to with us, you know, trying to help somebody on their singing journey is just have them, you know, be as in control of what's coming out of their mouth as yeah. they can be at any given time. That's what you want on stage. You do not want surprises. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you know? don't want surprises unless um, you handle them well, you know, yes. but some people don't, you know? And, yeah. And there yeah. will be, they'll, they'll happen, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But also you've got like uh, the faculty, um, or the facility or whatever it is enough facility in your voice that even if you've got a surprise, you can make it into something, you know, make it into something else or back off of whatever that is, or, you know, you just know enough about your own voice that you can handle what, what's happening. I think I've, yeah, yeah I think I've kind of yeah. veered off, but, um, no, but that's, that's right. That's in on it. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like there's just a lot of opinions that I feel mm-hmm. like as a teacher, like kind of get rid of your opinions in the room and just make sure they're hitting the notes and make sure mm-hmm. that you're not telling them to do something that's going to take away their, their individuality too. That's right. another thing. Like, like that's, that's something that scares me. Like if I go in for a voice lesson myself, I'm worried that the teacher is going to tell me, don't do that. That's actually, I think this would sound better, but really they're just, it's like buying a gift for somebody, but you like it. You're buying it because you like it, but would they like it? <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's what happens in the lessons. They're like, do this. But mm. really like, they said to you at the beginning of the lesson, they want to work on Adele and they want their voice to be strong. And you're like, actually think your voice sounds better in a head voice let's go into this other song you are totally not helping them you're you're, just, you're not giving them what they want the customer says they want this give it to them you know yeah so that's that's frustrating you know <laughs> yeah that's a big thing but you know just to name a couple breathy people that I'm into like Sarah Bareilles she does that stuff all the time mm-hmm. um there's this uh Marquetta what's her or Glova and she's from uh, the swell season. I know they broke up, but oh yeah, oh yeah, I like her. Oh my god, I love her voice. Yeah. Um, let's see, um, Justin Vernon, uh, Bon Iver. He's mm-hmm. got a lot of breathy qualities. Yeah. And um, there's this big thief. They're great. The National. Oh, yeah. 
mm-hmm. you know, just a bunch of breathy people, and they're making a lot of money, and people mm-hmm. go and buy their their tickets. Yeah. So it's, it's viable, and people will come in wanting to do that. Yeah. And voice teachers should not discourage them. Just give them all the options. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's their, yeah. you know, it's their style. It's what, you know, um, people want to hear. And if you were the voice coach for that, any of those people, um, I don't know that they would appreciate you coming in and, and like changing their sound. <laughs> exactly, yeah. you know. And they do so, it. They do it. There's teachers yeah. that they will do that. So yeah. Watch out for that. That's definitely a good thing to think about. So are you teaching a lot now? What do you, what's your like no. day to day? I've not been teaching. Um, you know, I've been, I've been, um, uh, performing and, um, gosh, what else have I been doing? And just the things here and there. I have a friend who I, um, I do some work for from home he has a marketing company and i do my my tech geek stuff (laughs) at home part-time you know while i'm um doing this the teacher training so that's kind of what i've been you know what i've been doing just kind of like plotting and my friend who was a voice coach said you just need to be you know he was encouraging me the other day to you know get some students and then just start um yeah you totally should i was like teaching is that okay is that the way people do it you just get students and I was thinking about like getting a few friends and um uh and you know maybe like three or four friends and then like for one month teach them and just like start like diving in that way I I I don't yeah I didn't know how people Uh, well I'll tell you honestly how I kind of started getting private students that weren't just my friends because I tried not to do that actually because unless they were actively asking mm. me, mm. Um, I wouldn't teach them because I didn't want them to interpret me helping them to okay. be like, you know, I didn't want to mess up the friendship, you know, but um, okay. I I went on Craigslist. Now it's not, I would probably wouldn't do that anymore, but um, I would just post, I'm a voice teacher, <laughs> you know, and yeah. go about that. You could put up flyers, but think about it. I mean, you really do know what you're doing you just may not have the vocabulary exactly yet mm. or be as you know it, be able to be a chameleon as much as you would like but you would be giving a lot of help regardless you know music you know how to sing and them even just hearing you modeling things is very helpful um an encouraging person someone who is very thoughtful and kind and they listen well. I mean, that's a good teacher. So mm. you're not going to, you're not going to hurt them. There's no way, you know, I feel like, you know, enough <laughs> to know like, yeah. okay, they're not breathing properly or okay. They're not, they're too loud. Let's, let's get them to just decrease that volume a little bit. I feel like, mm. yeah, but there are some people that are teaching that shouldn't, shouldn't be. Mm. I don't think you're, I don't think you're one of those people. Oh, well, thank you. Well, you know, I've, I've been like really, freaked out about it like you know I I know that's another thing I've just got to remove the mystery you know uh Mm. from and uh you know just go ahead and do it and and then 
get confident, I guess, in that way and in, in the doing of it. And I, I talk about this like all the time and, you know, there's like hurdles. I just have to like, it's like one hurdle after another is just like, basically, you know, been it. It's just like, we just have to do it. So this is like one of those other things that I'm just going to have to navigate, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I just put up, maybe you could even just like put up a couple of business cards, like on in two locations maybe one library and one music music mm. uh, I don't know school or store and just leave it there and see if anybody calls and then those people that do and really make the prices really cheap you know it'll make them want to come and work with you and you'll get practice and you can be very open with them like I'm just starting out teaching but I am a professional you know I'm a singer they'll definitely appreciate that and know that you're learning mm. you know I say do it because that's really how I feel like I, I'm, I can confidently say now that I'm, I'm going to help somebody no matter what in the lesson is mm. because I just was forced to work with so many people, you know, and I had to figure it out. Like when I started at New York vocal coaching, yeah. I was terrified because this, the lessons were like booking up fast. Like one day I had eight lessons in a row, an hour each no Whoa. break. Yeah. And I literally looked at that schedule. It was the first time it had ever happened. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to serve all these people. I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this, but I got into gear. And at the end of the day, I was like, wow, I was able to actually do that. I couldn't believe it. And it was, uh, that was like a big achievement for me that like my ears were able to stay in tune and shift from each person and be like, okay, this person doesn't need that exercise. They need this one. Or, oh, that's too hard. Let's let's minimize that one. Mm. So, but you get good by doing it. I know. I Not know by, this. like, all the reading. <laughs> it's and, true. You know, <laughs> and, like, even after my master's, I was like, how am I going to do this job? I was like, I got the job, but how am I going to do it? Oh, <laughs> you know? my gosh, yeah. And it was just, like, I threw myself into it. And I was like, mm. I have this master's degree. I'm supposed to know it. I can articulate all this stuff, but... Mm. Doing it, I don't know, but I just said, okay, let's let's go for it. So and what it be, somehow worked. So what was you? Uh, I guess what was your? What did you do when you didn't know what to do? Like you have a student, and you're trying different things, and you're just like, I don't know what to. Yeah. What do you do when you're stuck? You know, that's the that's a hard question. Um, so yeah. it depends on the person. So I'll try and think of a scenario. Um, there's, I can think of one student right now who I will stay up at night sometimes thinking about it. Um, I've pretty much tried everything with her to, to get her voice to not be so constricted. And she's a belter. She wants to be on Broadway someday. And when she gets up to about an E5, um, she's just completely tight. And we've tried everything. I've tried getting her physicality different. I've tried like bending her knees, shaking her arms. Like we'll put our hands into like a prayer hands and just shake, 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 mm. relax the jaw. Um, I have her in stretches. I have her doing like boob, boob, boobs instead of bib, bib, bibs. But she, her brain is stuck. And the only thing I can try and do is push different sounds at her and remind her that how she hears herself is not how she actually sounds and to continue to record herself Mm. but at one point it has to be up to the student because, and, and that's one of the most heartbreaking things is I can't force something to happen. 
Mm. And I can't keep doing the same exercise over and over again if it's not working for them. Mm. So I try all the different consonants. I'll try, you know, every vowel that I think is appropriate and different phrases. Sometimes exercises just blatantly are just not good enough and you need to do like an actual phrase of a song and just use a transpose button, you know, if you have to. Mm. Um, Just keep doing the same phrase over and over again. Um, Yeah, but... I mean, I've worked with that girl for a year and a half now and she's still constricted. And I mean, Mm. I'll even, you know, I'll try almost every exercise and I create new ones and she's still tight. She's still tight. So that is Mm. hard, but I can just hope and pray that she'll keep coming back to me or she'll keep working with different people until all of a sudden one day it clicks. Oh my gosh, that's Mm. what you want me to do? That's it, but that doesn't sound right. That is it. And that's the other crazy part. People will get it, and it sounds so nice, and they're like, "I don't like it." Yeah. And if they don't, and if they don't like it, they're not gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's hard. That's so hard yeah. because. And there's another guy I can think of, and he sounds so great when he actually will listen. And I like, okay, make sure that this is happening. We're using a U instead. Let's use a darker sound here, which gets his voice to sound really authentic, not too tight, not too bright, and. Um, he hates it. <laughs> but if he hates it, I just have to respect that and keep subtly trying to get him to do it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I answered it, but yeah. You know. I mean, you know, it's just kind of is what it is. I mean, I, 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 who was it? You know, I've talked to some coaches who are like super, uh, you know, same as you, like super experienced. I do wonder if like, um, there's like an, a, a psychological thing, you know, yes. going on there that's like keeping that person so tight Big. and constricted and maybe there's something they're not confronting, you know, that Absolutely. their body's kind of physicalizing. You know, we're not psychologists, but <laughs> yeah. I guess you can only go so far with that kind of thing. Wouldn't it be amazing if someday someone did uh, some kind of program instead of just an undergraduate in music education it's music education and psychology at the same time where you could act I mean that's music therapy I guess but there's something in there for like voice teachers where like they could actually Mm -hmm. talk about those things and then actually create this I guess Mm -hmm. again I'm a music therapist but I don't know I mean and I also really try to not push people's like boundaries and Mm. I can tell when they're uncomfortable I'm not going to push them too much you know I want to try to keep it with the music, hand it over to the music, hand it over to the exercises and just, mm. you know, really listen to them and try to respect them. And, but yeah. And I, even Mindy, when she, in that episode, she was talking about, she's like, you can tell people have had trauma in their lives mm-hmm. and that's, and that is true. And you can also tell when people are being forced into lessons. That's another thing with, I have one little girl mm. and she comes in and her mother stays in the room the whole time. And I really wish she wouldn't. Because the little girl, you can almost feel a rope tied around her to her mother. Oh, boy. And the mother says in different languages, in a different language, that she needs to be louder and be stronger. She's oh, dear. Co- co-teaching on me. Oh, and God. Yeah, and that's really hard. And so I try to block the mother out and give all of my attention to the little girl and let her know I'm here for you and you're doing great. <laughs> and, you know, but that's it's such an unhealthy thing I don't even know if that little girl wants to sing she Mm. may want to 
you know, running. She may want to do soccer, but I, yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's like rough. it's kind of like what is she going to associate singing with now? You know, it's going to be like this tense experience, and I mean, it should be fun, and that doesn't sound like fun at all. You know, not to knock no. anyone's uh, parenting. You know, people just want the best for their kids, but that just sounds like a drag. <laughs> it, really, it really does. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I feel like I'm oversharing, but hopefully it's helping people. But um, yeah, no, you know, it's just I don't, I don't know. You can tell when people need certain things, and I have to know that no matter what I do, no matter how hard I try, sometimes things will not be corrected. And you mm. hear mixed things in the voice world, like you should be able to correct everything, but we are not wizards, and right. they, it, it's up to them. They're the, they're the learner. And again, if somebody's really, if they only listen to like NSYNC, Harry Styles, the Jonas Brothers, they're going to associate, sometimes people's ears aren't as in tune and as accurate as some other people's. And they will hear that a really high larynx for them is good. But when they do it, it's actually way higher than the Jonas Brothers, Mm. if that makes any sense. Mm. And they hear it. And again, you're the only person that's up there in that concert in your head. Nobody else can hear that concert but you. You're in mm. your skull. And outside, it's different. And mm. sometimes that year, I don't know. I, I do try to encourage people, get a Spotify account. Get an iTunes account. Don't just occasionally listen to music. Really listen in. Keep mm. a journal. Write down what you hear. Talk to other people about it. Because listening is really important. Mm-hmm not listening enough and they're imitating and mm. the imitation is a very cheap imitation mm-hmm. you know that could be a thing mm. yeah all I know is that I believe that they're trying their best and I will I will be their cheerleader till as long as they need me to be mm. I love that do you yeah. how how does uh you know I don't play the piano well you know that's another thing I know that you know we have to get into doing sort of the the five note scales and and yeah be able to get the student to vocalize in that way. Uh, how about like um, songs songs and things? And, and what have you seen teachers do to get around not playing the piano well? And and how much does that matter? I mean, here's, here's the truth of it. It is 2019. If you are really a good teacher, you don't have to play piano. Now, mm-hmm. of course, you make yourself self-proficient if you can, but there are a lot of tricks and I will tell you how to do it. <laughs> so okay. <laughs> you, can get, you can get a really nice keyboard that will transpose. And all you need to know is the C major scale. Now I am dumbing this down big time, but if you know one, two, three, four, five, four, three, two, one, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one mm-hmm. on C to C, all you have to do is hit the transpose button and you're in C sharp transpose button. You're in D. Right. Transpose button D sharp. And that is really helpful for a lot of people. Mm. Um, you can also use music notes. You can use um, nice karaoke tracks. You can set up the whole room so that it's a really nice stereo system. You've got a microphone, you know, so it doesn't feel like it's so disconnected. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of people in New York that hire accompanists or they say, my students must bring an accompanist at all times. Oh, wow. I never yeah. heard of that. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you can, like, kind of collaborate. Like, if you have a friend that plays piano, just be like, hey, can you be my buddy? And we just, like, you get 50% or 40% of the lesson and I get this. You know, 
it's not ideal, but mm. that's, that's one way you can get around it for sure. And I've seen people do it. Um, I love being able to play for my students though. It feels super connected. I feel like we're in our own little concert. So I always tell people you should really learn how to play for them. Cause it, you know, yeah. they feel like it's another way to physically show that you're there for them, I guess. Mm. You know? So I love that, you know, cause the word accompaniment is like, you're accompanying them, you know, you're accompanying them through this journey, you know? So it's, yeah. it's, it's special to be able to do that, but you know, I know some teachers that play guitar. So, and you said you play guitar, you could chord things to them, you know, mm. there's that, but 2019, there's so many options. So yeah. don't let that stop you from, from teaching, you know? Okay. That's yeah. good to know. I mean, I know yeah. it's come up for myself, I can kind of play, but you know, it's. There's a lot of people in that boat though. Yeah. And they really do love the, you know, teaching voice and it stops them, you know, yeah. and that. And it shouldn't, you know? Yeah. No way. No way. But, um, so your podcast is going really well. Do you know how many listeners you have? Uh, I haven't looked lately. Um, I, let me see. Um, I think I've got <laughs> almost the last time I looked, uh, I think I had around, almost 10,000 unique listens or unique downloads, That's so cool. which That's is great. Cool. Yeah. Um, you know, so I've, uh, I would love to, you know, like expand it and get like, you know, look for sponsors. And so I'm, I'm putting together a proposal for that and, and trying to learn Good. what the best practices are for approaching, for approaching them. So, um, that's been, yeah, that's that's cool. It's you know, and I've noticed that I have like downloads as far as like you know Afghanistan. I saw one or two, and I saw some in like Mozambique. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so that's pretty interesting. I'd be interested to know who those people are. Right. <laughs> I bet they're yeah. there. I bet they're listening right now. So it's like you know, just go ahead and like. Yeah. You should just do a shout out. <laughs> be like, yeah. tell us who you are. Hey, Mozambique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, guys. <laughs> but yeah, reach out. I would love to know who you are. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea how mine is. I actually haven't really, like, I've been moving. The job's been crazy right now. And literally, I've just been like, I have no idea. I'll just, anytime I can help, I'll help. But I have no idea who's downloading or what's going on. I have to be better about that, but <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I think it's just a great, you know, I, I loved the title of your, um, of your podcast because, Thanks. you know, the happiness aspect can be drained from <laughs> the entire experience yeah. sometimes. So I, I love the idea of that. Like what, uh, what inspired, what inspired you to, to do your podcast? Oh gosh. Well, I mean, like I was very hesitant to, to name it that I'll be honest, because mm. it sounds really cheesy. It sounds, oh, no. it sounds kind of like, like a joke almost. And, but I don't, I don't think of happiness as that. I, I really mm. don't. And, and I think that, you know, when you are a happy learner in general, you are more okay with mistakes. You're more okay with just like, this is where I'm at and this is okay. I'm just enjoying what I'm learning right now and knowing that there's so much more and that's exciting. Mm. Whereas people are like, I'll never get this. I'm, I'm right here. And what am I going to do? And it's like, no, this is a great spot to be in. Just mm. be thankful that you have all of your senses, that you're able to walk, that you have a voice, 
that you don't have a disease, that you're not going to die. You know, you're alive, you're breathing, you know, got a roof over your head. You have mm-hmm. a phone where you can listen to, to, to music. There's so many people, you know, New York is super eye-opening because, you know, there are people every day I walk to work and you'll see about 20 people, homeless people that mm-hmm. are just trying to figure out where they're going to get their next meal. You know, they're sick. They're you know missing limbs. It's really hard living here mm-hmm. because you see that and, and there I am going to this nice cushy job, enjoying listening to people sing all day. And, mm. and sometimes I just have these moments where I'm like, I am so blessed out of my mind. I cannot believe that this is my life, that I get to do this, that mm. I get to help people. And for me, it's just so not about the perfection of it. Yes, of course, I'm going to help you to be as quote unquote perfect as you can be, but that's not what it's about, you know? So the podcast was just like, I'm so sick of just telling people to raise their larynx, lower their larynx, breathe. I want people to like, just talk about their favorite band, you know, like Fleetwood Mac is one of my favorite bands. And I just wanted to be able to do an episode where I geek over them and talk about like museums of music and talk about um, how singer songwriters make it and just the fun stuff, you know? So, Mm. but of course, I mean, I did like one chest voice episode and one head voice episode, but I guess it was just like, just another part of the learning experience. And in the happy thing, I got it from a, a quote from Gabrielle Bernstein. She has that, I forget what book, May Cause Miracles, maybe it was what it was called. Mm. And um, I was introduced to her actually by a woman that fired me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, and, you know, but before she fired me, okay. she introduced me to <laughs> and you know and it wasn't because I had done something wrong she just you know was like this isn't a job for you I think you should do something with music because as I was teaching voice I was also working with this applied theater thing and mm. she was like yeah applied theater is not for you mm. <laughs> it was hard to hear that but she I also always think back to like she's the woman that gave me the opportunity to know about Gabrielle Bernstein mm. which led me to these really good mindsets and healthy mind thoughts and you know Mm. so that was good but the the quote she said was be the happy learner in that book and I was like Uh, I love that be the happy learner be (laughs) the happy learner I love that yeah and it's so beautiful and I love that woman Gabrielle Bernstein I wish I had her book right in front of me but some be the happy learner and I was like okay let's shift that to the happy singer (laughs) I love that well, you yeah. know, I mean, there's so much, listen, I mean, in learning and learning how to do anything and just doing something and creating a plan to do something and, you know, finishing the thing and beginning the thing. I mean, there's yeah. this perfectionist that shows up. And I think that's what I've, you know, been fighting so much is like, oh, yeah. you know, since I can't do it perfectly, since I'm going to stumble through whatever, you know, it's not worth doing, or I don't want to be like harshly judged or, you know, I don't want to waste anybody's time or I don't want to, you know, all of this, like, you know, I think that is a big thing that, you know, I've really been struggling with. It's something that I've been just releasing the podcast has been like a big thing for me and doing it every week has been a, you know, just my own exercise for, you know, being a happy singer, like being a person who, even if I feel like crap that day, it, this, at least this thing is going to get done. I put out this thing <sighs> for everybody, you know, um, I learned something and, and, you know, and that's a valuable thing, you know, and then yeah. just doing like the messy version. Although 
you know, teaching vocals, I don't want to do a messy version. I, I want to, right. <laughs> you know, of course. I feel very responsible there, which is why, I, you know, I kind of backed off, but, you know, right. I'm, I'm just happy to like have these, you know, conversations, you know, with, with you and with everybody. Um, and all that to say, I love the idea of being a happy learner, taking the perfectionist out of it and just allowing yourself to enjoy, you know, yeah. that new thing, this new information, this um, sort of expansiveness that comes with learning and like, you know, building your own capabilities. Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah, and, I'm going to read that book. And it never stops. And you, and you're yes. in such a good spot. And the fact that you're doing the podcast, you're just, you're smart. You're really smart. So just like, you know, don't be afraid to do it. And if you have questions on like, Hey, this person's doing this in one of your voice lessons. Like, I'll just tell you some consonants to use with them, or a vowel, or a mm. phrase. Like, there's all kinds of things. Shoot me an email anytime because okay. this stuff is like, you know, it's my day to day. Right. <laughs> but I mean, this was great. You are so helpful. These questions are making me think about stuff too. So, oh wow. I mean, so, thank you. Do you, yeah. So I'm trying to think of. Anything else I wanted to ask you? I asked you what you your favorite kind of music was to sing. That I wanted mm -hmm. to hear because you're always the one that's asking the questions. Mm. But, I mean, in a dream world, where would you see yourself in, like, a year from now? Ooh, a year from now. You know, um, dream world. Let's see. Yes, the Gosh. dream world. You know, I would love to be, um, have some students, I think uh, some, some regular students, uh, and a dream world a year from now, I would just love to be confident. <laughs> I would love to feel confident in whatever I'm doing, you know, yeah. um, wherever that is, you know, I would love to do some more touring that might be difficult if I'm trying to teach. So I have to think about that, but if we're talking dream world touring and, and teaching and, you know, um, touring the, teacher, a touring teacher. There you go. And I've <laughs> interviewed a couple time. of those. Mindy does it. Dave Stroud does it. So, you know, yeah, that, that does happen. So use on online sources. Like if you have reoccurring students, get some really good setup, like the mm. voice lessons.com. I think they, they like guarantee like no, no delay on their online oh. lessons. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's that, like there's all kinds of new stuff online mm. that makes the lessons just as good um i mean you have to have really good wi-fi on both ends you have to yeah. have a really good microphone you know all that stuff but once that's going yeah do you, i mean why not it okay. doesn't sound it doesn't sound crazy to me and you can okay i'm glad and I as said an it adult, out loud. yeah you should have and as an adult you can learn piano super fast you really yeah. can yeah. and there's so many cheat things i mean you know chords yes like you know how to read chords i mean set. I majored in music for heaven's sake. So I'm not starting, you know, I have to like be re realistic with myself. I'm not like starting from scratch. So right. it's all a complete mystery and I have played, but I don't play. And so I don't play well, you know what I mean? So, but yes, that's, it's really encouraging. I love to hear that. So thank yeah. you. You yeah. could do it in a year. You could do it. <laughs> thank I believe you. it. Thank yeah. you. This was awesome. Thanks for doing this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, do you think we covered everything? Um, I think so. Um, I, me too. 
And there we have it, guys. Thank you again for listening in, and we hope to hear from you soon. And there will be a new episode coming out very soon that um, I had archived. All right. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.